Hello, listener, and welcome to the Cellar Dwellers podcast. My name is Sam. I'm a tragic, tragic Carlton supporter up in Canberra, uh, co-host of a podcast dedicated to the best of the worst in AFL football. I say co-host because I'm joined by a man who's riding high on the top of the ladder with his Geelong cats, my dearly beloved brother, Chris. Chris, say hi. Hello, hello. Yes, good to be back for another week. And uh, I've been devouring footy articles this week like you would not believe. Um, <laughs> you're, you're very interested in Australian rules football. Yeah, but in particular, the, the Easter Monday clash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a very niche, a very yeah. niche area. Yeah. Now, we did go to record last um, night, Sam, and I may have been in um, too good of a mood to... You, you had, uh, you'd had <laughs> some adult beverages. Yes. And you didn't have a yeah. lot of thoughts about the rest of the AFL. No, no. You had a lot of thoughts about, about AFL. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about winning I wanna, I, a round four game? Yeah. I, now, I do want to go I do want to go and get some a bit of the Cam Guthrie uh pink tips dreadlocks though. They were pretty good. Um I uh I should just mention to our to our beloved listener um that if you want mm. some more uh Cellar Dwellers content, you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash cellar dwellers podcast. Uh and you can also follow us on the toots at the footy seller. This week, actually, on Facebook, I was doing some uh, live match reporting because yes, you did the Lord's work down at uh, Monica Oval, Sam, and oh, what a sight to behold it was! The very confusingly named UNSW Canberra Oval. Mm. Where is that uh, in New South Wales? No, mm. no, it's, it's ba- basically smack bang in the middle of the Australian capital territory. Uh, but I was there. I was. Uh, I went and attended an AFL, um, mm. the GWS. Uh, Giants triumphing by 31 points over the Port Adelaide Power. Um, mm. And that was a great game. Tell you what, I've typically only been watching a lot of Carlton in person when they sort of have a preseason <laughs> game or go to Sydney. And um, it's a very different sport that these teams seem to be playing, Chris. I was quite confused. Yeah, it's a lot, yeah, a lot faster, um, more goal kicking. I'd tell you what, John Patton uh, was mm. kicking many goals, particularly in the, in the fourth quarter when... Uh, GWS pulled away a very mm. weirdly non-impactful six goals, if you ask me, just <laughs> quietly, because um, mm. he was dropping a ton of marks um, early in the piece. Things that really you would have thought a big contested mark forward would would take. Um, mm. And a Giants game experience is always very unusual, because I mean, even in Canberra, where they are in theory Canberra's team, they're really not anyone's team. And Port is also mm. definitely no one in Canberra's team. Um, so there wasn't, I'd say, a lot of uh, fire in the crowd. Yeah. But, Sam, did you feel a fire in your heart? Oh, I did. I did. I did when I heard uh, the custom version of the GWS theme song that they were playing at the ground. Um, How was it now, customized? Th- now, those of you who are, who are well familiar with the AFL's uh, best theme song uh, would know that the GWS theme song starts with, there's a big, big sound in the west of the town. It's the sound yes. of the mighty giants. There was two versions that they had playing at, at UNSW Canberra Oval. The first of which was, there's a big, big sound in Canberra Town. That's fine. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's I don't like gr- it. It's not I've good. Say, no, not the, good. Stru- the, the, the pentameter there is all broken up. It's a bit... Yeah, it, it's uh, a, look, it's a it doesn't, it definitely doesn't flow as well. It doesn't flow as well, but it's parochial, so I like it. And, but the next one that was even more confusing is, I believe I heard on my way out of the ground, there's a big, big sound in Goulburn Town. Goulburn Town. It's the sound of the mighty giant. 
the uh, small rural, or not small, the medium-sized rural uh, mm. town of Goulburn in New South Wales on the highway between Sydney and Canberra. Very notable in my experience for it's really quite good McDonald's. Very, I was just left perplexed at that point. Look, um, I wonder whether there's a, there is a sneaky thing that um, look, if the GWS Giants do relocate, they probably should relocate somewhere where they don't need to change the song, but mm. they can just make sure that it, it lines up really well with the, the rest of the yep. rhythm. So you could go, you know, Balmoral would work. Uh, Launceston might, might flow okay. Um, but they're not, they're not going anywhere near Darwin. No, I'm re- no, I think, I think uh, uh, no, because I'm really interested. Can you please um, sing me the Giants theme song, but with the relevant <laughs> phrase uh, with Launceston in there? Because I'm not sure that rhythm works as well as it it's did when you first said that. It's a big, big sound in Launceston town. Yeah, it's fine. I would much prefer if you went just, there's a big, big sound in Launceston town. <laughs> it's the sound <laughs> of the mighty Giants. Hmm. <laughs> that's what they that's what they call it down there. I have it on good old Yeah, I've I've yeah, I I agree. Definitely that's what they call it. Launceston. <laughs> and they call themselves Launceston-towners. Launceston-towners. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, they definitely so, do. So your assessment Sam, having seen them live. Uh Port yep. um and GWS both bandied around it as being some of the top teams in the competition this year. How how did you rate Port's um Play. So Ollie Wines off halfback for Port was really good, just generating, mm-hmm. and actually Matt Broadbent as well, generating a ton of movement. They really, in the end, uh, hung in this match because they were able to generate effective inside 50s. I mean, both sides were mm-hmm. converting inside 50s to scoring shots at over mm-hmm. 50%. Um, it's just that the Giants ended up racking up uh, 10 more inside 50s. Um, mm. and that just that just told out on the scoreboard in the end. So they had good runoff you- halfback, um, but they were struggling in the middle. Travis Boke seemed to be trying to lift them single-handedly, he's, uh, but he's not enough. Um, and the mm. forward line, uh, Shiraz Dixon fired up as he was on the Clonic Killers. Um, <laughs> uh, Charlie Dixon, uh, two goals, two was his return for his efforts, and a, but a lot of time spent kicking to him, and he's just not quite a dominant enough forward. To, to, he's, not, you know, he's not Jonathan Patton. He's not uh, Jeremy Cameron, the sort of two other big forwards mm-hmm. in the game to compare him to. He just doesn't, doesn't carry, can't carry that load, and without yeah. Pat Ryder in the, in the match to uh, relieve him and provide an extra target, they were really a bit limited. So, yeah. And they had a lot of players who just couldn't get the ball, mm-hmm. just could not get their hands on it. I think they had half a dozen players or more with less than 15 touches. Yeah, um, they've got they've got yeah, it's all, it's nine nine players with less yeah. than 15. Actually, no, more than that. Half their squad had less than 15 yeah. touches. Yeah. And they So had they just couldn't half a dozen under 10. Yeah, so they couldn't get their hands on the ball and there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that Josh Kelly looks like he might be worth the money that are being that's being proposed to pay for him north. I'm a little bit skeptical, mm. but he shows potential. His contested mm. ball is not good, but gee, he can kick really well. Yeah. Um, uh, and he uses the ball, uh, and that's a skill that is very hard to replace. Um, secondly, Jez Cameron, uh, the goal man himself, wasn't playing near goal, was running up off centre-half forward, um, and they didn't have an answer for it. He racked up over 20 touches, a couple of score involvements, provided effective forward pressure. It was really quite terrifying to watch because if they can unlock him 
that then makes their forward line make sense. That way they can play mm. Patton, Cameron, and Lobb in the same squad yeah. without too many difficulties. And the final reason why they struggled is that Dylan Sheel is a nightmare um, <laughs> on legs. Uh, there's a there's yeah, a thing that, that was tweeted be... out by the by a, by the AFL that you should have a look at where Dylan Shield kicks a goal uh, and then due to some substitution confusion uh, ends up in the ruck contest wins the ruck contest or at least neutralizes it gets the center clearance and gets it back inside fifty. Um, uh, he moves. He's one of those players that you watch. He's sort of similar to, to Chris Judd in his prime, or or I imagine it feels like Pat. It, what like what it feels like watching Patrick Dangerfield. Um, mm. He just moves at a different speed. Just mm, the way yeah. that he's able to just stop and start uh, and get mm. going up again up to pace. He's not a burner in the sense of Aaron Hall or uh, mm. uh, Adam Saad, uh, two players that you accurate, accurately predicted uh, last week showed that Gold Coast had a ton of pace, which was effectively deployed against Carlton this week. Um, mm. they, uh, so he doesn't have that top end speed, but what he does have is just an incredible burst. He gets up to he gets up to his maximum speed really, really quickly, just accelerates. So GWS are a great team to watch uh, in mm. person, uh, really fun. Uh, the match day experience at UNSW Canberra Oval was uh, mixed. Yeah, so please just, uh, now, for those listeners who haven't done so, I do recommend that you go and have a look at Sam's live review of the match because it, it does contain such gems as food reviews of the halftime food, including a pie that was warm but a little soft. So that's useful to know. Um, it's, yeah. And a review of a pizza where you didn't get one but looks better than your nightmare slaw dog. <laughs> I don't know why I ordered the slaw dog, Chris. I really mm. don't make good decisions. <laughs> um, I yeah. I approached the I approached the food service area and I and I the queue there was a coffee and hot dogs cart mm. and I thought mm. nah it's nah it's not even cold yet I'm not going down that path. Mm. There was a very mm. long queue for pizza and quite a short queue for hot dogs. And then mm. as I approached the front <laughs> of the hot dog queue, this is after I'd already gone and had a pie because mm. I, you know, mm. I thought it was worth going, telling the people what they needed to know about the food options. Um, I approached the front. I saw there was a plain hot dog that was some unreasonable price, like $8. And then for a yeah. dollar extra, you get something that they were calling <laughs> a slaw dog. And part of me thought, huh, I wonder what yeah. that tastes like. Yeah, that value that value proposition is just enticing you like a lamb to the slaw dog. Yeah, for a for a dollar, for a dollar, mm. I'll get some vegetables mm. today. <laughs> very con- very concerned about mm. the food pyramid. So I order my slaw dog. Uh, it comes, you know, very ordinary hot dog in a white bun, mm. mustard and sauce, and then just coleslaw just packed oh, in on top of it. Oh god! Now, have you ever been tempted to dip a hot dog in mayonnaise? <laughs> no. no, you haven't. No, no, I never have. No, it's it's no. not it's not a good flavor combination. <laughs> yeah, did you get a bit rabbit in the headlights, Sam? I uh, I I panic ordered, panic ordered. I didn't think it through. <laughs> I didn't plan. Yeah, I didn't plan you've just you've just I- bombed. You've just bombed long from deep inside fifty, only to have that ball come straight back down the goal front. Uh, I think more than that, I've bombed long inside 50, but it was my own goal and it was ruled a deliberate <laughs> rush behind. Uh, <laughs> I really, yes. a, a, a devastating cell phone. 
Um, so, I mean, that's that was that was the match at, at the OSW Canberra Oval. Really, uh, brilliance punctuated by mistakes uh, with with GWS pulling away. Let's then talk about something that you're very excited about, Chris. Oh man, um, the bottom of the ladder. Who's in the so, cellar this week? We've so, got our, our four. The bottoms: Brisbane, Sydney, North Hawthorne. Yeah, in that order uh, from top to bottom, and that that yep. is. Um, Three of my four least favorite teams on zero wins. <laughs> why do you why do you dislike the identical twin of your coach? Because <laughs> he just the, I look Scott, at him. The Scott brothers. Are you perturbed? <laughs> I look at him and he just looks sad. It's like looking at it's like what should be a moment of joy for me, and then you just see sadness in his eyes. It just it does it does upset me. Poor old Brad Scott. Another heartbreaking mm. loss for the for the Roos this week. Mm. They came so close against um, came, the, the Western yeah. Bulldogs. They really, they did should they have really had did. them, but they they, they should have they had helped, them. But they, they, they cannot defend. This is the this is no, the yeah, they mm. can't. And their forward lines a weird mess as well. Still, I mean, mm. it's not it's not ideal the way that they're running. They're, no, and there's a lot of focus on Ben Brown. Yeah, um, as they, I mean, that's a thing. that's a that's a problem. You know, mm. Ben Brown's mm. showing. Promise as a youngish player, but geez, you'd, it, you know, I, I mean, he, I mean, four goals, one great return, but yeah. you don't think he's got the athletic ability really to take over a game the way that, say, Tom Lynch did. Um, no, uh, no, and you know, sh- and Sean Higgins is, is out there and he's working hard. And um, I always forget the name of my this is about this is because how forgettable he is, but my Ben Cunnington. Is my favourite oh, North yeah. player. Uh, he is. I mean, he's an accumulator of the highest order. He loves to get a little quick handball off the side of a mark mm. and things yeah. like that. But uh, he's in and under, uh, and he works super hard. And I felt like in late in the fourth, he was trying to drag them back into that match single handedly. But then they've just got some garbage out there. Mm. I mean, Swallow had a Andrew Swallow had a shocker. Um, uh, his religious yeah. objections clearly impeded his. Ability to perform on Good Friday. Just, I, I think just... I think that they they lacked um, just at those critical moments, i.e., the entirety of the last quarter, enough polish yeah. to see off the high pressure game brought by the dogs. And yeah, the last the last half of that last quarter was just sad. They just didn't they just didn't look like scoring. No, it's just no, once... but it did it did as much as it as much as it was a sad moment. It did create probably my favourite football moment of the year. Until Monday afternoon, which was <laughs> that um, uh, Brad Scott had a, a literal child at his press conference, which that was, was very good. That was all. Yeah, that was the yeah the only thing that'd top it would be um, an eighty-six point demolition of your arch rival. Well, let's get on to that then, Chris. You're you're champing at the oh. bit. Do I want? No, actually, I think we should before we get onto that because that's that's kind you of just the, want to keep that's the chocolate. That's the chocolate biscuit at the end of the 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 rest of the meal, right? That's the mint uh, ap- aperitif. Um, we uh, don't care about Brisbane being in the bottom four, do we? No, like, I think that's I think they're no. performing as expected. Um, effort was there. But I think they're still doing. Brisbane. They're still doing better than expected. But yeah, they're just yeah. not. Maybe Richmond are good. Maybe Brisbane are pretty bad. We'll find out soon. Uh, let's talk the Sydney Swans. Uh, 0-4. Yeah, 0-4. We discussed with, uh, with both them and Hawthorne that 
needing to win this game was pretty essential. The ARC footy blog has uh, put out a, a pretty little picture that can tell you about the chances of someone, not the chances, about the history of people making the finals from 0-4. Mm-hmm. In summary, uh, just let me check this. Maths is right. Uh, oh, it's none. Not one team that's yeah. gone 0-4 after the introduction of the finals model has, uh, has made the top eight. So that, that is a, um, that's only 23 years of data, though, Sam. So Yeah, that's a very limited set of data. Hmm. It could yeah. happen. Not for both of them. I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, Sydney's got people coming think, back at least, but. Yeah. Do you think John the Horse Longmire gets sick of people asking him why the long face? Because he now actually does look a bit de- depressed about what's happening with, with the team. Um, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. doesn't I mean, were they, they were out of this game by. Look, they looked out of this game early in the third. Um, I don't know. I think they, they, got, repe- they got repeatedly burnt. Uh, Going um, on the on the rebound, really. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, talk saying that they'll get better with the reintroduction of some of the faster players uh, from their, their and, and more skillful players, which they may well do. But uh, it McVay seems... makes a difference. But how long? For how long can he make a difference? He's a little bit long in the tooth. Where you can start really predicting that he's going to be a big difference maker. Maybe yeah. he will, but week in week out, it's going to be hard for him to be consistent at his age. Uh, but what's you, the name you would of expect, for instance. That yeah. legend, Gary that, Rowan. that legend, Gary Rowan, Gaz Gary Rowan. Rowan. Yeah. Uh, he is he's coming back uh, potentially he's, next he's, week. Yeah, he's um, real quick. And they, um, and Dane, and they, they Dane need Randy him against, as well against the. Yeah, that's true. So, so a couple of quick players coming back in the team, a couple of rebound players, um, and we'll see them on Saturday night against I, GWS. Yeah, but I think they could very easily and happily um, lose that. Uh, so watch this space on the Swans, but oh, and five they might battle back to five and five after that because they've got four much more gimme games after that against the Carlton, the above them on the ladder Carlton Blues, um, the above them on the ladder Brisbane Lions, North, and the above them on the ladder St Kilda Saints, um, coming up after GWS. But so that if they could get to four and five, then finals is an option. Uh, and you know, last year taught us anything, Chris. You just have to be in it to win it. Um, but yeah, look, the, um, uh, and that's a repeatable skill. That's the thing is that mm. all of the history of the mm. top four teams, just crushing their way to the grand final, uh, should be thrown yeah, out after that, Western Bulldogs. Thrown out the window. Yeah. 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 Uh, so look, inter- interesting, interesting times ahead for the Swans. Yeah. Okay, Chris. Yeah. What was the best part of yesterday for you? Having just watched a replay of the last half, just before we started talking, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're not taking this win out of proportion, are you? No, no, I just enjoyed it a lot. There's nothing like beating Hawthorne as a Geelong fan, and there's nothing like drubbing Hawthorne. No, I think I think the best bit was um, actually a, a fairly minor piece uh, in, in the game, all told, but it was Isaac Smith being uh, run down from behind by Zach Tui. That to me was um, kind of the difference of where Geelong is at compared to where Hawthorne is at now. Geelong have young, quick players um, who are working hard to and, and executing well, and Hawthorne's kind of uh, in their prime gun players um, have suddenly uh, lost their spark and their 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 will to the contest, um, if such thing was measurable. 
there's been a lot spoken about their poor um, their poor uh, efficiency um, and their poor skills around the ground. However, I think that um, just looking at the stats now, Hawthorne had the same percentage of effective disposals and only uh, three more mistakes for the game, um, according to the data, than, than Geelong. What they did lack was, um, again, just speed and uh, almost will to the contest um, from a, an so even they, spread of... They, uh, they looked very, very bad in the last term. Oh, um, yeah. You know, third yeah. term was third quarter was a little bit of a fight back, but the last term mm. was just embarrassing. My favourite moment of the match actually happened at three quarter time, and that's when um Brad Sewell, uh, mm. was now sideline reporter for seven, uh, former Hawk mm. was interviewing Corey Enright. Uh, oh for, yeah, good. Uh, now 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 assistant <laughs> coach at the Geelong Cats, mm. um, and it was a real contrast to see Corey having a big smile on the MCG when Brad Sewell was on the field because I think the last time that happened was the two thousand eight grand final. Um, oh. where Hawthorne defeated Geelong. Yep. Um, there's That'd your 2008 right. degrees right. of separation. Yep. That's good. Um, it's not your strongest effort, but I'll pay it. I just, I just, I did really like that, though. It was, it was actually a really nice mm. moment in an AFL history standpoint to see these two. It was a, like they were standing further apart than most interview subjects mm. do. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't too, like <laughs> the, the mic wasn't really up and under because I think they were both convinced that the other one might still throw an elbow just yeah. to the kidney yeah. on the way through. I mean, he's a he, Corey Enright, notorious competitor, just does not give up. And I think that, you know, he uh, could have, he could have done Suli in. The other part for me is uh, with Hawthorne. They really, um, when the game was to be won, as it were, uh, in the opening, in the opening quarters, were only really in it because Geelong didn't kick straight. Um, and I think that that, the scoreline has. Geelong not kicking straight. That's, that's not a story what? from this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Geelong managed to kick eleven straight goals in the um, in the final quarter. Uh, but the, yeah. the the challenge the challenge for Hawthorne is that uh, they don't have a huge um, reserves list to work through. There's not a lot of talent on development there. Um, some of the younger players that they that they have brought through or would like to brought to bring through, as Sydney are doing, um, were just uh, absent because of uh, the trades that they have made to bring in players like Jago Amira and, and um, Mitchell. Tom Mitchell. Uh, yep. Tom Mitchell. So you do wonder whether th- this is a factor of the equalisation policy finally um, biting Hawthorne. And you do also wonder whether it's uh, new players not adapting or, or uh, the famous Hawthorne game style not working with the personnel that they have on the field now um, and whether they may need to switch to something a little bit closer to what you see uh, Melbourne and St Kilda playing, which is really about um, effort and not skills, high-intensity tackling um, uh, instead Lots of... people of, on the ball. Uh, it looks like... Um, it looks to me like... So Frawley's best games are past him. And without mm. him playing well, they don't really have anyone to match up on Tom Hawkins. Um, mm-hmm. In some ways, Henderson is a good matchup for mm. Gunston, uh, particularly as a third man coming over as he does a lot for Geelong. And Gunston doesn't look the same. Sean Burgoyne is classy with the ball, but it doesn't make a big mm. difference when he's got to kick it to unknown, unknown unknowns. You know, Tim O'Brien yeah. was out there. 
with just fabulous red hair in his in his uh, in the footy live uh, player profile. It's just mm. I and that the, the, that then leaves me with a Hawthorne team that was always a bit on the slow side, but could manage mm. it because they didn't turn it over. Turnovers now for them are fatal because they are not quick enough to keep up defensively. Yeah, and you you saw it time and again yesterday. So oh, they've also uh, lost their best their best former assistant coach, the Bolt Man, <laughs> the, the big ch- the Bolt. The big he's child. the difference. He's the difference. He is the difference. Um, well, one moment that I did want to call out, um, which may illustrate kind of the difference in the team, is is a moment where um, Patrick Dangerfield. Uh, and if, if people are interested, I am um, proposing a, uh, a 2017 pilgrimage to Mogs Creek. Um, tickets will go <laughs> up um, uh, later today uh, if you want to buy them. No, the, um, there was a moment on the, on the wing in, I think, the second quarter where Patrick Dangerfield um, misjudged uh, a handball, dropped it on the deck, spun around, picked it up, dropped it again, picked it up again. <laughs> And then kicked it on, all while two Hawthorne players kind of looked on. And he went, well, yep. yeah. He'd done a full 360-degree turn, two, pos- two or three possessions, and still managed to get it on. Um, they were mesmerised by his very square head. <laughs> they went, I never thought that uh, a, a perfect 2D plane could turn in 3D space. Uh, and yet here they, 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 they were happening in front they, of me. They, they just watched the Lego Batman movie and they were waiting for him to <laughs> assemble something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, or shoot off some witty catchphrase. Uh, you're in the danger zone. The um... <laughs> oh God, I hope he says that every time. Oh, can you imagine? Uh, well, there's only, anyway. there's only there's only one song when you're on the way down to Mogs Creek. Um, <laughs> there's always oh, you could also use Europe's danger on the track. Danger on the danger one. on the track. That's his training song. Yeah, that's um, his training song. Yeah, that's his training song. That's when he's getting warmed up in preseason. Uh, yeah. Next few weeks for Hawthorne aren't looking crash out. Next three, uh, yeah. West Coast. Well, they've suddenly gone going. from they've suddenly gone from games that you think you would have penciled them in for yeah. at the start of the season to I could easily see them zero and six potentially. Uh, Melbourne, Melbourne, zero seven. Melbourne. Who knows? Uh, I mean, they lost the they lost to the suddenly surgeon Gold Coast Suns, but I could see Brisbane beating them at the Gabba. Yeah, I'll tell you who there's. The team after that, though, is the team that they're a chance to beat, and that's the team that's dominating headlines in the footy gossip world today, the Collingwood Magpies, and their oh, yeah. absent yeah. superstar, Monsieur Pendlebury, mm. uh, sitting, for, sitting on the bench for 14 minutes in the third quarter. Uh, Can I just say and- that this is the most Collingwood headline ever? Can you, can you just... <laughs> no other team could generate a headline through yep. player movements on the ground. <laughs> there's just no there's just it's no way that the benching of a player becomes front page news for any other team. Well yeah, and it's it's it was probably a benching, you've got to think. You fourteen minutes is not in line with sports science, which is the bullshit story that Buckley's coming out with now. Um Yeah. No, uh, I wanna know what I, I wanna know what Pendles did. What do you do on the bench for fourteen minutes? Fourteen minutes is a long time in an AFL game to just That's, sit around. Yeah. I my theory is that he was busted trying to Vizolo. Uh, now, oh. those of you who may not recall, last year in the preseason, Anthony Fasolo mm. was uh, caught on camera just taking a sneaky little whizzeroo into a drinking cup on the sidelines <laughs> in a preseason game against GWS because he didn't want to run around the ground to the bathrooms. Um, do you reckon Pendles tried that at the G and someone caught him and he got grounded? 
Yeah. Did he try uh, it on the ground? No, I don't think he tried it on the ground. I think I think he was brought off for yeah. a regular um a regular rest and then thought I don't want to go down the rooms to deal with this. I'm just gonna just gonna go here. Did he really did he really um, did he really need to have a, a bowel movement but got a bit constipated and so just sort of just had to sit yeah. around waiting for it to come? Just as yeah, I raise the tone be. of this podcast to a higher level. Yeah, um, I think so. The, uh, I mean, but what I else could you do for fortune? Did he get did he get yeah, stuck we, on a really hard level of Angry Birds? No, I think that I think that what's happened is he's tried to go to a concession stand and buy an ice cold can of for Solo, but they haven't. I'm going to hang up on sold. you. I'm going to hang up on you. <laughs> You're the worst. Look, it's low on fizz, so you can down it fast. I'll tell you what. That's 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 a very nice way to describe Collingwood's forward line. Hi, <laughs> oh, zing! Um, the, geez, that was a rubbish match. Um, the, that was di- oh, that was dire. But yeah. so Look, the highlight was Daisy Pierce, boundary rider. That was I, I, I did yeah, she that. was. I mean, she was good until she wrote a very bad opinion today in the Age. Um, mm. She's got a very. She's really hot taking the life out of it, saying that um mm. we should be having a. Uh, a player trading period like the NRL, where uh, uh, mm. Cooper Cronk, uh, a player I'm sure you're mm. familiar with, Chris, given given your I know Cooper uh, Cronk. Deep fo- I know of Cooper okay. Cronk. You know of Cooper Cronk. His How can you he's, not? Yeah, he's living. So for storm. those who what who position are, does he, what um, position does he play? Run forward guy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's he's actually he's their designated run forward player. Yes. Um, Cooper Cronk is leaving the Melbourne Storm. But he's leaving them next year, and so he's. But he's announced now that he's signed a deal to go to. Well, he's looking. He's looking to I sign can... a deal. No, no, no. He's, or has so he's, he actually? He's, he's, signed... he's signed a deal. He's signed. Has he signed? Yeah, a deal? He's, he's, yeah, yeah. I think he's. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he didn't. This is how. No, this is how well he just we announced this. that. I thought. Yeah. Oh, I right. That he just announced that he wanted to go to Sydney. Maybe that's right. Um, understandable. Um, terrible the... opinion. He's announced that he wants to leave, and Daisy Pierce has written in the Age saying that well, the AFL should be able to, you know, fans of the AFL should be able to put on their their big fan pants and um, deal with players announcing that they want to leave. And I think that's right. I think that's probably true. It's not a case of you know doubting someone's loyalty to the club or their their ability to work mm-hmm. hard. Um, it just makes up for a makes for a very messed up season. Yeah, um, it does. And and it really, I actually think it changes the way that you perceive. Uh, team stability, and I think there's a there is a yeah. problem of professional sports of cheering for laundry, um, basically just cheering for uh, bits of cloth rather than mm. uh, actual players because the players just move around. And free agency is completely right; it is the right of a player of a person to choose their employer. Um, and uh, the fact that it's taken the AFL this long to get around to it, I think, is a little bit scandalous. But I'm very glad they're finally starting to look like they're going to expand out the rights of players to choose where they work. Uh, let alone, although we'll still deal with the fact that players can't negotiate their wages because they're under a salary cap system with yep. uh, capped incentive structures where they can't even uh, market their ability <laughs> in the marketplace for a fair return. Um, but that's a separate point. Uh, <laughs> for a much uh, smarter podcast. For a much smarter podcast than this one. The, I think that there would be not necessarily a problem with players announcing that they were leaving halfway through the season, but I actually think it might, the way that those negotiations work, means that it basically distracts from uh, and would detract from the entertainment of AFL football. I actually think the well, AFL think so. off-season yeah. and the fact that it is an off-season period is a genuine form of entertainment, uh, and yeah. it's a sport of itself that needs to be protected. 
That's well, a very I, weird take. That's a very weird opinion for me to have, but I really, I really like the trade period. <laughs> well, I think that the trade that, that that we get enough talk of trade throughout the season as it is. Right? Mm. You, there's always there's speculation now about whether Nat Five, current captain of Fremantle, will be there next year, um, which is, I think, mildly ridiculous. But anyway, there's enough of that going on. Um, and I do think that there's, there is something to be said for maintaining a bit of the culture of, of attaching a player to a club. So imagine, not that there are many, as evidenced by the turnout um, in, the, in the match at Eddie Had Stadium, but imagine a Gold Coast fan, if you will, um, and the bitterness they must feel about Jaeger O'Meara. Spent two years on the long-term injury list and then signed a deal to Hawthorne. Tom, uh, Scully, is still, Tom Scully is still booed at Melbourne yeah. Games. Uh, he left yeah. six years ago this year. That level of emotion and uh, uh, pathos, pageantry, if you will, uh, should, I think, be maintained. It, it is a unique part of the AFL experience. Um, and you'll recall, Sam, that um, our um, dear mother, but she did switch to Carlton from Melbourne following um, Malcolm Blight. Uh, no, and, wrong. No. Wrong. Was it not Malcolm Ron Barassi? Ron, Ron Barassi, Barassi please. Following, following <laughs> one, Ron one Barassi. Of those is, one of those is not like the other. One of those yeah. is a stud with a moustache. The other <laughs> one is not a stud, but also with a moustache. <laughs> um, and now, uh, I, I, I do think there is something to be, to be said for, uh, you know, we have the father-son rule for a reason, and, and hopefully we'll have a parent-offspring rule once the, the women's competition gets rolling in full swing. Tying um, a club to a place and to a group of people adds some form of connection back to the community, and maintaining that is, is probably important in the face of um, otherwise increasing and valid moves for the professionalisation of the sport. You know what, Chris? That was enough serious chat. I think we need to go to a team store. <laughs> oh, Who do you want to go and have a look at? Let's pick a t- let's pick uh, a club. The club that's the club that is in. I'm not looking at the ladder. The club that's in seventh. Port Adelaide. Who's in? Yeah, let's go. Port Adelaide team shop. All right, we've got 45 seconds each. Once the once your shop is loaded, to find the worst item that you can. I'm going to talk the mm. listener through uh, my 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 scientific approach. Mm. All right, so it's mm. loaded. Now, the important thing, if you're looking for something that's very bad, is to look at the, the menus along the top. Uh, and now I've mm. seen immediately where I need to go. Shanghai 2017. <laughs> yeah, just no, look for the no, weirdest, they're only, weirdest Yeah, they're entry. selling Shanghai luggage tags and travel, travel pillow bundle, uh, mm. it's, which is $34.99 if you uh, pick it up, mm. $44 if you get it delivered. Mm. I mean, that's very bad value for money, but it's not weird. No, my, my, my stop, trick, Sam, is to always go to gifts. Yeah, gifts, gifts is usually gifts is where, where I've gone next. Um, and I was, I was some, sidelined some by Shanghai 2017. Gifts is usually the uh, the go to. I have now found. Yes, yes, I have. You've I got have your found item, the most Port Adelaide item, and I'm locking it in. I've got it loaded. Right, I'm You're ready to roll here. Um, yeah, I've got. Give me another moment because I'm moving away from that. Oh yeah, I've got it. All right, I've got my mine's just weird. I'll go first. Yours is definitely better, but this is just speaks very much. Uh, Port Adelaide have an ugly. You know the the trend of having ugly Christmas sweaters, ugly Christmas oh, yes. jumpers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. So they have a t shirt one. Why? Well, I mean, Christmas is pretty hot in Adelaide. Yeah, but 
Yeah, but uh, mm. it's got it's literally got reindeer and snowflakes on it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then, seems, and then in the description, yeah. the Port Adelaide Power Men's Ugly Tea is perfect for getting mm. into the festive spirit in our warmer climate. There's no doubting mm. how much you love your team when wearing this. Next comment, you know, in the warmer climate. Mm. Next, next question. Christmas in July is a feature. A festive design, a crew neck. It's not mm-hmm. available in small or medium, but you can get it in mm-hmm. 3XL. Um, oh, all right, Chris, and for the, for the mere price right. of, of $35, uh, what have you yep. found? All right, so for the, for the, for the barsman, bargain basement price of $29.99, um, I have found <laughs> the Port Adelaide Power Pendant Necklace with charms. And oh, classy. Yeah, that is a classy, classy object. Um, it contains uh, a whopping seven charms, um, perfect for any occasion. This pendant necklace with charms will help you show your passion for the Port Adelaide Power. The necklace features AFL-themed silver charms, with multiple charms based off the team logo. They, um, the, the items included on the charm necklace are a football player with a giant ring through his head, a tag which says, we are Port Adelaide. Well, that's someone a- who's just been run, run through. Oh, no, he's got a... I mean, is it a football yeah. player? It's is it something. definitely a football player? It's a man no. shape. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to a- refine that one down. So yep. we are Port Adelaide. Yep. Yep. We are Port an AFL football, a Port Adelaide logo in a heart, a um, reminiscent of a Tiffany's football boot. Right. Yeah. 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 A foot that's clearly brought over from yeah. the football heart one. I think is probably from a dog collar. Um, <laughs> and then, which is appropriate because this is a dog of a product, a a football boot, the Port Adelaide Power logo, and a lightning bolt. All on the one charm. I don't know whether That's you can lot, get yeah, more a, charms or not, but there's a lot going on on this necklace. I mean, why would you need more? That's. Uh, I don't think you could get much more. The only thing missing is probably a hand. That's all they're missing from the logo. Just well, there is a hand. Charms. There is a hand grasping the lightning bolt. So they've really, they've really got it going on. Um, that's atrocious. Uh, you you win again on this round of uh, what's on what's for sale in the team store. Um, just an overall review, just quickly based on our cursory glance. Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide store, uh, very lacking in diversity. A lot of apparel, yeah. a lot of flat lot of, brim yeah. caps. Yeah, it's very not, on brand for them. Yeah, <laughs> wait, they're quite a diverse team actually. I I would love you if I had any emotions about you, Port Adelaide. The um, <laughs> does does anyone have emotions about about Adelaide? Like, and then to well, ask some people, people clearly something- do. They have it. Well, have no, a big but... march to every game. It's very yeah. confusing. Yeah. Um, um, okay. Let's look to the. Let's look at. Let's look ahead next week. Um, okay. Uh, match of the round. Uh, well, Sydney GWS has probably got the most importance. Yeah, that's going to shape uh, Sam. As you as you have rightly pointed out, this season is shaped by um, games featuring um, less but... than thirty thousand people in attendance, and none more true than than <laughs> well. Than... It's... It's the it's really the sub thirty thousand round. I mean, yeah. I want to point out that the Friday night match this this week is um, being talked up as anything could happen, but really what we know is going to happen is that Carlton are going to go to the Adelaide Oval, face Port Power, and get dropped. Uh, oh, we've had some, we've had some very good wins there. <laughs> Thank you very much. 
we had a spectacular comeback spearheaded by Matt Cruiser playing full forward. That was great. Thank you. Thank you very much for that gratuitous character assassination of the 16-time Premier Carlton Blues. Yep. Um, uh, Doggies Brisbane will be entertaining, entertaining, but probably one-sided. I don't think the Gold Coast resurgence will survive the buzzsaw that is uh, the Adelaide Crows. I'm just scared to talk about Adelaide. Listener, if you're an Adelaide fan and we're not talking about them, it's just because I'm very worried that they're really good. Um, yeah, we just keep uh, we keep avoiding the fact. We just we're avoiding them for as yeah. long as we can. Yeah, uh, um, each of our teams will meet them in turn, and, and don't worry, we we will yeah. be forced to talk about them then. Okay, so I um, think for me the sneaky the sneaky interesting matches of the round, man. Is uh, it going to involve Geelong? No, it, it does not involve <laughs> Geelong. No, um, uh, I will be watching that with interest though. No, the um, as you've said, Sydney GWS uh, crucial. Um, I actually don't really care about Hawthorne West Coast. Someone might, but no, uh, no. Um, I think Richmond Melbourne on Monday that yeah. will be interesting. So, are Melbourne any good? Are Richmond any good? Who knows? Let's let's the find gun, out. The gunslinger, um, smoking Jesse Hogan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I suggest I suggest avoiding the Anzac Day clash. That is going to be. I reckon those both of those teams are just going to try and lock it down into it. Just that's yeah. their best, their best two ineffective They're, forward lines, just grinding yeah. at each other in the middle of the field. Typically, a very close and exciting game, though. Not the best round of footy ahead. Um, no. So, no. Uh, so there'll Saturday, be some sneaky Saturday upsets. Night at the for S- sure. Yeah, there'll be some stuff going. On. There's a there's a there's upsets a chance, but um, certainly uh, enjoy your long weekend, listeners. Mm. Um, we'll be back next week. We don't. Are you? So you're not going to take in an AFL then? You're not going to get down to Eddie Had for for St Kilda Geelong. Uh, I think I might. Um, yeah, probably. You might sit. You might. You might. No, I think I know what I, I know what you're going to do. And we'll leave on this mm. note, listeners. Chris is going to sit at home and he is going to watch Hawthorne Geelong again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just going to pencil that in. Three twenty p.m. I think that's what he's going to do. Three twenty p.m. on Sunday, possibly for the rest yeah. of the year. Yeah, he'll just yeah. memorialize it. Um, well, I think we get to play them again later, so th- let's not worry about no other games until that point. Um, <laughs> like us, uh, like us on Facebook, Cellar Dwellers Podcast. Follow us on yeah. Twitter at the Footy Cellar. Um, yeah. Subscribe and leave an eight star review if you can. Uh, get to five if that'll do. Um, yeah, and otherwise, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>